0: Welcome to Nathan K Gingerbread Podcast. On the couch there, I've got Glenn John-Jones, author of Think and Grow Vegan, who I've got a copy here. Glenn, yeah. how are you doing? Yeah, pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, it's good uh, to be here, mate. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we've been chatting for quite a while, yeah. and your story, I think, is, is brilliant. So you left school, Yep. Yeah. 15, 16? Uh, yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah so did a did
1: an extra year. Um, well, I tried to do sixth form, but I didn't really do much, so yeah, it didn't work out.
0: Why, why didn't you want to go to sixth form? Was it, was, were you not an academic or were you
1: more into...? Yeah, so I um, wasn't very good in school, uh, never had a test or anything like that. But later on, like now, and yeah. I don't know from how long it took me to write the book, yeah. I think I might have like mild dyslexia or something. Yeah. So um, never did well in school and tests
0: like especially I'm um, hopeless. No, fair enough. So yeah, never yeah. going to make academia ever. <laughs> right? Don't let's same as me then. <laughs> yeah. So what happened? So tell me what, so what happened. You left school. Then what was your journey from there? Because obviously yeah. you've gone into per, you know you've gone into the fitness industry. You've gone into being an author. Take us a little yeah. bit through your journey. It's about you know once you left school, what did you then decide to do?
1: Yeah, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do to be honest with you. Um, and I thought because I'm not good with my brain maybe I'll be good with my hands. Yeah. So I started looking into trades and things like that, but at the time, it was really, really skint. So I had to kind of make amends quicker, you know, and instead of going down the apprentice route. So I took something that was maybe the little jump up yeah. and started doing like this job, really low paid job, like spray painting machinery. Absolutely hated it. I was like the youngest person there. Everyone was maybe like 60 or something oh like God, that. And I just yeah. wanted to like go out partying and all the rest of it. I just didn't fit in. Uh, went off about a year and a half and then went into roofing. Yeah. And it was kind of like all around the country and stuff. But it was like, um, it was more physical. So not creative as yeah. such. I was just like the boy um, doing all the shit jobs. Uh, sorry, can we spit? Yeah, yeah so cool. <laughs> so it was really shit. <laughs> um, so doing like all the shit jobs, you know, like, um, always uh, getting the short end of the stick, really. Yeah. Like where you're um, carrying loads of heavy stuff around, awkward, dangerous parts. And, uh, but then I realized that I had the fitness. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I can last all day here, mm-hmm. but when it came to doing anything that was quite intricate and detailed, yeah. hopeless again. Okay. Um, and then I started going to the gym. Yeah. So it was kind of like uh, about 18, 19, after work. And I don't know why, but I just really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Didn't know what I was doing and spent like, I don't know, like two hours at a time in the gym.
0: Oh my God, wow. Yeah, just
1: doing all sorts though, like just probably trashing myself to pieces. Yeah. Burning the candle at both ends and then going out at the weekends and maybe in the <laughs> week and stuff. But um, but yeah, then it got to the point where I really like this. I like this more than the roofing. Yeah. So I'm going um, to pursue it mm-hmm. and signed up to a course. And at the time it must have been like 2000 and... God, I can't even work this out now. I was like 19. Uh, so it's like 11, 12 years ago now. Yeah. And the, I had in mind, i realised that the London Olympics was coming. So mm-hmm. that was like 2012. Yeah. So I had no um, business acumen at all back then, or I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant or anything, but I just thought, now might be a good time to get into this. Yeah. you know, There was like one gym in my area, two PTs. And so you saw a bit of a gap in the market in a way. Kind of, yeah, but it was only because I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was more like thinking with my heart. Yeah. not with my head but it was better than better than what I was doing anyway Yeah, no, sure so um so yeah so I did it. started a course and then I actually jumped into this to GNC I don't know if you remember those shops no. nutrition shops
0: oh yes I do remember them it was a black black and red
1: black and red yeah. yeah so I think they've gone under in the UK now and in America they're franchise owned okay so I started working with GNC as like a um like a weekend supervisor, they jazzed it up, but it was basically a ten-hour week contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, it's like weekend supervisor he just means you're going at the weekends for five hours each yeah. day. Yeah. And, um, and while I was doing my course, anyway, a month later, um, assistant manager got sacked, mm-hmm. got pushed up to that one, which wow. was like twenty-six hours. So yeah. retail hours are really weird. Um, and that was while I was doing my course, so it was great because it meant I didn't get in debt while I was doing my course, and course. it was in the industry, and it just allowed me to focus. And then a year down the line, or maybe six months, can't remember now, It's so long ago, um, became manager of the shop. Wow. And then got on really well with the area manager, and he used to, you know, offer me other places that were um, bigger than my local area. So, like, maybe a London club,
0: a London shop, and things like that. Do you, I mean, you excel quite quickly in that role. Do you, I mean, do you put everything into it? Like, everything that you do, do you I, sort of... I just think it just, because I, I
1: enjoy it, yeah. and I'm I found naturally passionate about it, um, it's a lot easier to stick to and you know give it your all. Um, makes a massive difference yeah, right? You'll, you'll do the hours yeah. you know and you'll, you'll help because it's for other people as well usually you know it's for their health or something like that you'll, you'll put the extra hours in. You know, so, so yes I couldn't do that with any of the other stuff. Um, and then yeah so I was doing the manager role for about a year, yeah. finished my course Went travelling to Australia for a couple of years. As you do. (laughs) (laughs) Came back for the London Olympics. Mm -hmm. So I was qualified as a PT, but I hadn't done PT yet. It was like, it was on ice. And um, I came back for the Olympics. So that was a bit weird, considering that was the whole, you know, I was thinking, I always said that I was going to be a PT by the time the Olympics come out. Yeah. And then the Olympics came along and I wasn't doing PT. So I was like... (laughs) Okay, yeah, this is a bit strange. Anyway, went back to Australia for another year. <laughs> delayed it again. Um, Why do you think you delayed it? Um, well, I had another visa. I had another second year visa to use okay. kind of thing. And uh, it was really fun out there. It was really good time. <laughs> you so, enjoyed it too Yeah, much. it was really fun. So worked for six months in a nightclub. Yeah. Met loads of friends and um, just done loads of drinking and partying and all the rest of it. And then the other six months, I thought, right, if I've got to go home, I've mm-hmm. got to clean my act up. Yeah. So I got a job in Fitness First in Australia. It was huge, absolutely huge. They just, at the time there was nobody else. Yeah. There are probably loads now. Um, and didn't do PT. I did membership consultant. So cause I knew I was coming home. I didn't think it was point, you know, it's pointless doing the PT it takes a bit longer to build up. Yeah. So I did the membership consultant role and that was really cool cause I got to see it from first hand experience. You know, it's like being a being like, um, in a different uniform Yeah. and hearing what people say about gyms. Of course. In a di- you know, because with PT, it's always about the training. Yeah. But when, it's the, when it was the membership, so it was about everything. You yeah, know, everything about, about the stuff. gym. Yeah, yeah. I just felt more confident to open up. So I learned a lot about what they're saying about nice. you know the problems and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is really interesting. There's a few things to learn here. But um, mostly what I learned was that people just don't like to be sold. Yeah, they don't. They just hate it because when they're ready, they're ready, aren't yeah, that's they? It. Like, they're gonna sign up, they're gonna
0: sign up. It's an awkward feeling.
1: Yeah, yeah. it really is. So, um, came back and I was like, here we go. Just, you know, like, luckily I came back in good shape. Yeah. So it made it a lot easier. And then set up like um, my own uh, training mm-hmm. stuff, which was like boot camps, private PT, going around people's homes and things like that. Had an amazing um, first year just literally doing that. It was great. How, how, did, you go and buy, how did you get your clients? So social media, but yeah. like, it was in its real infancy back then. So not many people had been using been using it. Yeah. You know, there's a few like early adopters who had just sussed it and just got like ripped really quick and just posting <laughs> loads of six pack stuff and selling ebooks and yeah. charging like hundred quid or wow. whatever. But most people hadn't clocked it back then. So I was yeah. kind of like, I'd say in my area, maybe one of the first. To use it to actually promote personal training, wow. talk about fitness, and like we were just saying off camera, my area is a bit strange for that <laughs> anyway, because <except laughs> everyone can be a bit geezerish and stuff like that. Um,
0: so yeah, so uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how it happened. But then. Um, Got so you, a job in a mainstream gym after that. Yeah. So, what even though, so you started off your personal training business yeah. and then you went, went, went back to a mainstream gym or you were doing both? So, I started up the uh, personal training business yeah. and
1: I literally just lived off that for a year. Yeah. So, it was doing well for the first year, but then the second year, it just, um, I just, I think I just lost the energy and the time because I was doing, in, uh, focusing so much on keeping it going. Yeah. So, I started working for a mainstream gym. Mm-hmm and on a very, very low hour contract yeah. and um, doing like um, sessions for them as well. But it was great because it gave me kind of like two things at once. And because obviously I was, it was easier for clients to come by and stuff through the gym, yeah. it, just, it just made everything a lot more okay. easier to sustain. Um, and I learned a lot, you know, fast tracked. Um, fast track coming from, so it was in the end I work for two different ones yeah. in the space of a year and I just fast track my kind of like knowledge through being around other trainers and other clients, different yeah, types nice. of people. Um, so uh, so yeah, and then. So
0: how long have you been a personal trainer now? Uh,
1: six, well, been qualified for maybe about nine years. Wow. But only <laughs> six of that yeah, okay. was um, actually self-employed. So. Wow.
0: Still, what's it like being self-employed? It's, it's not as good as people think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why or not? It's,
0: or it's not as easy as people no, think. No, it's not as easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Why not?
1: Because it's just a constant thing. Yeah. It just never stops. The work never stops, you know, and you'll only know how much it is actually like that when you're around people that work for companies or work for other people. Yeah. Um, because they don't understand when you have to work. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've noticed that um, over the years and I thought, cool, maybe I'm a little bit extreme, but then if I take a foot off the gas, yeah. you know, the it all just starts to fall to pieces and just
0: sure just burned down. Yeah, you it, it, can't afford to, can you? Yeah. So why do you think then so many people are looking to want to be self-employed, they want to be an entrepreneur, they want to have a business? Why do you yeah. think that is?
1: I think a lot of it is influence yeah. through the... Um...
0: <laughs> no, help, no help here because <laughs> everyone <laughs> everyone's self-employed.
1: self-employed. I think a lot of it is influence based on a really kind of like hyper-successful group of people mm. that make it seem easier than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. It's like you come up with an idea, then...
0: You kind of just do something with that and then bang. Do you think it's those, those those sort of courses, you know, sign up to my course and you can make you know five grand a clear yeah. a month yeah. and sit on your laptop in like wherever? Yeah, I've, I've done a couple of them things like. Does it work? Um, no, it's, <laughs> no it unless doesn't. you're very lucky. It doesn't work. <laughs> unless you're
1: very, um, I guess lucky. You know, yeah. it is, most of it is luck as well. You know, it's like 50-50, you know, you make your own luck through working more, you get more opportunity and things yeah. like that. But um, but yeah, it's not as um, it's not as easy, especially PT as yeah. well. You know, because if your books are open for fifteen hours in a day, from I don't know five till nine, yeah. you're not going to work from five till nine no. unless you want to be completely rammed and unhealthy. Yeah, of course. So it's trying to find the balance. You might actually only work for six to eight hours of that.
0: So does that mean then there's a personal trainer if you're going to maybe start a business? You only got a certain amount of hours you can work a day, right? There's only yeah. one of you as well, and it, a personal training is very personal. People come because they want to go to Glen John Jones, right? Yeah. How then, so what then do you then do to sort of take your business to level, do you start then charge, charge more per hour, yeah. so you do less hours and more money, I don't know, Like what's, what's, where's mm. the growth? If someone was looking to start a business or a personal yeah. training, what would you advise them to do? Well, you, if,
1: if you do genuinely care about people and you are putting in a lot of time and it is growing to the rate where you do have to say, I can't take any more clients on at the minute, yeah. um, then I guess it would come to that tipping point where you'd have to do that personally i have only done that maybe once or twice where i've done it that way round because i'd then rather focus on hours yeah. you know what hours do you want to work you know can you use pt um, to help fuel your other ventures mm-hmm. you know by putting people in the right slots so yeah. you know if you if you aspire to just be a personal trainer and make as much money as possible the reality is you're going to have to work
0: round the clock yeah. you know and you're going to have to open your books for the times when um other people don't work that's a great shout so what you're saying is actually if you're a pt that you can if you're if you plan your ter- your your clients and your days and your hours right you can actually do other things as well to make you more money that's right yeah i mean I've, I've always looked at pt
1: as my main thing it's my bread and butter mm-hmm. it's my it was like my my ultimate calling with the jobs and all the rest of it and the way it's all come to come together yeah and i feel like because I do really enjoy it, I can sustain it you know i 'm naturally passionate about it, and I love helping people and of course, you know the situation that I have now with um, the studio and st- stuff it is like the p t dream yeah um, there 's not many things that can actually top that, but um, the reality is you 're just going to have to work more if you want to make more money so yeah you're gonna find that if you do get really good to the point where you are extremely busy, yeah. um, then you're gonna become very, very tired and it might actually go the other way where you knock yourself out yeah. through trying to earn more money. You, you just gotta find a happy balance where you do X amount of sessions where you feel healthy yeah. um, and then do other things that can potentially be done on the side that you don't have to be constantly 100%. around the people
0: giving it your all. Because it is knackering if you go too far. Do you think that's so important then for your own self health as well? Like you're a massive advocate of that, aren't you? Like feeling good within yourself and making sure your own health and yeah mental health is right. Yeah, I I think in order to find
1: what's sustainable, you have to find what's unsustainable first. Yeah. So if you do too much, and you actually, so you're a personal trainer, you're promoting health, like you say, health advocate, and you do too much, yeah, and you become unhealthy. What's going on? <laughs> it uh, you're, not living the, you're not living the life. You're no, not, of course not. You're not walking not. at all. So, um, so you, you obviously you need to find that point first of all. If you're lucky enough to get to that, because PT is tough. Yeah, it is. You know, and I've had to rein it in, and I've been the other way around, where I've had to push so hard to yeah. just keep my head above water. And then I've had to rein it in, and then
0: sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. That's just what it is. I mean, PT used to be such a glamorous job. I mean, back yeah. in the early 2000s, it was like, oh my God, wow, you're a PT. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like... Yeah, I'm a PT. Yeah, like, yeah. Is it, is it still glamorous? Is it? Still, you know, is it still something that you, you really people are really proud about? Like, I'm a PT. I think, I think so. Yeah. I
1: think so. Um, I saw a study recently. I think it's the last couple of years have been less PTs um, actually qualifying and doing it. So there does seem to have been a tipping point where there was just a mad influx yeah. over the last, you know, maybe three years ago, four years ago, like probably the the Insta boom when everyone realised you can do you can sell your services through social media Yeah, you for know. free yeah yeah. For, yeah it's amazing and um and i think that's kind of there was a mad spike yeah and i i just i didn't even know half of the pts in my area you know and before that i knew everyone yeah you know and i'm kind of like matey with 99 percent of them you know <laughs> um so it's a bit strange and then all of a sudden now it's gone back to how it was where it's
0: reached that tipping point why, of supply and demand. Why do you think that is? Why do you think P, Why do you think there are less PTs? Do you think it's lack of space to train their client? Do you think it's I mean, because rents are so expensive, yeah. right? So if you come into Central London and you want to sort of build up your own personal training business, <clears throat> you want to train a client indoors, you have to pay a thousand pounds a month minimum rent. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I set up PT Workspace, yeah. which is all about flexible, affordable rental spaces for personal trainers. But why do you think PTs are not coming to the market as much? Why do you think? I think, mate, and this is completely
1: honest, yeah. that PTs have got the shitty end of the stick for so long. Yeah, You know, they're dealing with a lot of emotion. It's an emotional based business anyway. So if someone's not up for work uh, training, yeah, they won't bother, you know, and then the PT doesn't get paid. Yeah. So it's actually hard to survive and get by. Um, but then if you work for a mainstream company, mm-hmm. um, then you are in a shit sandwich between yeah. the members yeah. and the managers, yeah. and you're in the middle. You're working your ass off for literally minimum wage. Yeah. Some of these gyms now they don't even pay you a wage. Wow. Um, because they'll get you doing certain things for certain hours. You know, when you first start. Yeah. Um, which is kind of counterintuitive because then you're not actually able to build relations, like massive relations with people by promoting your services and it it can devalue. It is crap working for the big GMs. Yeah, and if someone's had the bad experience, like everything in life, you know, you're probably not going to go back to that and drink from the same kind of well, are you? You're going to go and, um, you're going to try something different. So a lot of PTs that I know that got into it, maybe the same time I did, that had a bad experience, they became State agents or recruitment consultants, you know, it's still that face-to-face thing because yeah. they're confident people and well-presented and things like that. But um, but just completely put them off the industry. Yeah,
0: but, hate it. Yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah. So it's gone from being a PT to yeah. writing your own book, being yes. an author of you know, think and grow vegan. What is the book all about? Tell us. Tell us about think and grow vegan. So uh, this book,
1: funnily enough, came around off the back of um, PT. Okay. So when I I had a lot of injuries when I was about 21 years old. I had a really bad back injury and I'd done it from squatting in the gym. Funny mm-hmm. enough, I was warming up. That's the irony. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so I was warming up and I was pushing it too hard at the time. And over the years, even throughout my travels and all the rest of it, up to like my first year of PT. So maybe I was around 26. And I had this really horrible back problem that like could just wow. go at any minute, wow. I'd be bedridden. And I realized that was because of all the things I did when I first started doing something, mm. so I kind of got hurt and injured. These things were like lingering from when I first started doing something Wow, and then when I saw what was coming up, right I was like, maybe about five years ago don 't know what happened, but just started to get this vibe that this vegan thing is going to be massive because um, of, of uh, information sharing online and um, documentaries and all the rest of it, and I thought oh, I'm quite a fancy giving this a go. So, my idea behind this book was to try and do something to help people when they first start doing something so they don't hurt themselves and then, of course, be put off, similar to how I did with my PT. Yeah, so I kind of always wanted to be you know, I always said if I had a trainer when I first started training, yeah, then I wouldn't have got injured sure. and had lingering injuries. Luckily sorted them out now, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but they lasted for about five years. It just wow. didn't feel good. So not that this would be as bad, because it's not like a physiological um, injury, yeah. but because of all the stuff surrounding it, regarding health and all the rest of it, you know, if you have the right information from the start, yeah. someone that's kind of walked that same path and they can help point you in the right direction, I think it's quite important to help put people on the good foot and, um, sure. and, that, and just help them out from the start.
0: Are you a vegan? <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, I don't so, know. Like so, uh, did were you always a vegan? No. Okay, so how when did you get into veganism? So is veganism a word?
1: Yeah, it's really <laughs> weird. So if no one, if if uh, so, I just say I'm a vegan to make it easy. Yeah. But I never even think of it like that. Um, but that's just what it is, you know, if you do, if you eat a certain way, then that's what you're called. If you, yeah. go into, if you, you don't have to kind of like go into too much, so you just go, yeah, vegan. vegan. And if someone goes, um, someone messaged me last night when I did that video to say, I'm going to be on Nathan's podcast, and he's yeah. like, dude, veganism's giving you a lisp. <laughs> I was like, right, well, don't make me say that, because okay. there's too many S's. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I must have always had that, but yeah. I've, it's the first time I've been on the camera. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing it for about, four years I think now, wow. so about four years. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, what, it's fine.
0: But what made you become a
1: vegan? <laughs> so I've been obviously been in the industry and really interested in it for a long time. Yeah. And prior to this, I was like trying out a lot of diet protocols, but not like fatty. So I'd give them their good kind of like time yeah. to see if they'd work. So examples include like paleo, mm-hmm. low fat, you know, high th- <laughs> high fat. <laughs> um, I tried quite a few of them, but I had great success, you know, like for what I was doing at the time. Yeah. Um, so I was like big, ripped, that kind of thing. That was my, you know, um, going by my standards. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are just massive, aren't they? But yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I was interested in. And then I was having a lot of um, like meat, mm-hmm. breakfast. Meat like, for breakfast? I was like having eggs and steak. This is, And like beef, <gasps> uh, eggs, um, You know, like omelettes, ham, you know, just sausages, bacon, you know, like, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. But like always with vegetables as well. Yeah. Um, And it was fine, you know, absolutely fine. But then I just just had this idea to pursue something different. And um, I was getting into endurance sports at the time. And I knew that I didn't have to be like big and keep going the way I was. Yeah. So I started like doing a bit of research. And then i realized there's some like really successful um, endurance athletes that do um that do the plant-based diet yeah so i thought right i'll give give it a go
0: so it's not the ethical reasons not not to sort of save that, the world or save. that was the kind of
1: like the thing that got me interested in it in the first place okay. <clears throat> and um that all the other stuff kind of came along you know as it as it went 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 along yeah um but I do, like, the more you, look, it's weird because when you're just kind of, like, doing your normal thing, mm-hmm. if you're not following these places or if you're not looking for this stuff, yeah. it's very unlikely you're going to find it unless someone does, like, you know, like, the animal side of things. Like, I would have never in a million years, like, just been sitting at home doing my usual thing, like, come, come home from a PT and just, like, typed in, um, I don't know, animal slaughter or whatever. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> but what you get, obviously, through information sharing now, it might just pop up. You might just follow a page that's related to another page or someone knows yeah. someone that's just popped up and, you know, then you just start seeing these things and you're like, I don't want to see that, you know, yeah. and you get off it. But then actually, when you do start looking into it, you, um, you, you think, agree. oh, yeah, actually, this is all part of it as well. You know? Yeah, but, agreed. Um, so what can, the,
0: what can the book, give us a little snip of what the book could tell us.
1: <laughs> so I think it's most, mostly about doing, if, if you feel happy doing something, then do it. Yeah. You know, I say at the beginning of the book, you don't have to be like, I'm not an, a cardiologist, an environmentalist, um, an animal rights activist yeah. as such, you know, but um, what it, you don't have to be that to do this. You, know, you don't really need to know exactly why you want to do it. Yeah. You might just want to do it. And if something makes you happy and it's not hurting other people, mm. then just keep do going. Yeah, sure. um, of course there's a mad stigma about vegans and all yeah. the rest of it, and you know, I'm sure we'll like talk about other things um, related to it. But um, but this one's about this book is about like kind of um, helping someone to gradually adopt a plant based diet if they want to do it. And like I say, through through my experience of getting into something, being overly enthusiastic yeah. and maybe righteous like with the fitness and hurting myself, and then having that linger. so
0: that thing of like you know jumping in too quick and yes. maybe then. You know, your body, maybe a bit of a body shock and then you sort of going back and reverting back and then that's sort of causing imbalance maybe in your life and diets and everything else. So yeah. it's sort of like saying maybe take just one step at a time. Like
1: Absolutely. A bit,
0: change one little thing, yeah. make that a habit and then change another yeah. thing. make that. And I can only talk
1: based on what I know from other people that have done it yeah. and myself. So it took me about six months to slowly transition to plant-based. Yeah. You know, at the time, I was like 15 stone, muscular, just doing nothing but weight training. Wow. And then... Big. But like, bigger. Yeah, like... Because everyone doesn't know Glenn is a tall guy. <laughs> <laughs> he must have been brilliant. Really Deceivingly big. tall. But it's like a... Um, but it was like a process of kind of like... You don't just go from that and then all of a sudden... Because if you started to... Just, if you just changed your whole routine straight away, yeah, you, you're going to feel so strange. Yeah, it's like... I don't know. Like this is weird to compare it to this, but if you was a smoker yeah. and then you just stopped, yeah. you're gonna crave these things. Yeah, for sure. And it might be unsustainable, and you might have like this sneaky, sneaky cigarette
0: or whatever to. Do you think it's then it getting it right? Like it's it's part of the, your mental mindset as well, because isn't that a massive part of it? Because I don't know. Like you said, when you quit smoke, when you quit smoking, I think. The body has a shock of like it craving something, but then the mind should be able to overcome that and say, No, you don't need it. Mm. Does
1: that make sense? Yeah, but there's always going to be that cooling off period, isn't there? Where you're just used to something. Yeah. You know, it's like not exercising and then starting a routine to exercise. Yeah. You know, maybe if you just, if you go right, I feel like a lazy shit, you know, and then you do, you just go bang, right, I'm going down the gym Monday to Friday, five days a week. Most fit people probably don't even train like that. Yeah. So maybe if you started with one day a week, I mm-hmm. say this to my clients, you know, just start with one. If you're coming from nothing, start with one day a week. Make that like your thing. Yeah. Look forward to it. If you miss it and you, and you feel you're like, oh my God, I actually missed that. Yeah. Then you know you've got like a good, good habit on the go there. Nice. Then do two.
0: Do two just days. create Add another in, one. Create, you believe in creating good Absolutely.
1: habits. Absolutely. And with, um, uh, with the uh, vegan diet, of course, it is a lot about abstaining from things. So yeah. you are taking things out, but if you just take everything out altogether, yeah. especially if you've come from eating meat, you're going to be like, what's left? Because if you go in a restaurant and you're used to eating meat and animal products, yeah. it will always be like, tuna pasta bake. Or it will be like, chicken potato <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. It's always the meat first. Yeah. So if you go, you get rid of that and you go, potato? Yeah. or yeah, just pasta bake, no yeah. thanks, without the cheese. What the hell? Um, so, so the book itself will guide you through like five stages, wow. which is what I went through. And it's, it's kind of obvious when you think about it. So the, the abolish route does work for some people, don't get me wrong, like, you know, some people that just go, right, I'm doing Cold this from Turkey. today, bang, yeah. and it works. Same with smoking and whatnot but with this it's um, the majority, yeah, they, majority they they yeah. then they go re, they revert back exactly so, you know i'm i'm quite fortunate because of course i've come from that nutritional background and the fitness lifestyle background fitness yeah. mindset where i know if things are hard you probably need to do it more you know yeah. that kind of thing not with everything of course but just, but yeah like resistance is sometimes a good thing it's going to lead you to another opportunity or something 100%. that you feel good about and um, with this, I, I looked at it and I was like, okay, so these, like, uh, like vegan, what the hell's going on? And yeah. I, I couldn't have been any more opposite anyway yeah. um, at the time. I never said anything bad about people because I think each to their own. And if of someone's course. happy, just leave them to it. And if it's not hurting anyone, that's cool. Um, but then I looked at it and I was like, right, so you can reduce your meat intake mm-hmm. before you go to, like, the next stage, which is, like, pescatarian. Yeah. So that's once you've dropped meat. And then after pescatarian, you've got vegetarian. And then after vegetarian, you've got, like, you could just go vegan or in the book i've actually made up one called mostly vegan wow so you go mostly vegan yeah which is what i think most people will become mm-hmm. so i think that is long mostly long vegan. long term yeah most people try to be eating to that as much as they can because everyone for you know just is trying to eat more fruits and vegetables
0: so most people what so most people go mostly
1: vegan well i th- i just personally think that that's more sustainable yeah Than just going straight to that. Like, don't get me wrong. I think if you're gonna try and do it, you should try and go the whole hog and see how you feel. Um, But I I think that most people will appreciate that stage, that mostly vegan stage between vegetarian to vegan, if they wanted to do it. That's what it always comes back to. Yeah. Because in order to eat plant based, I know this with um, clients of mine and things that have just done it. You know, they've they've seen me. And they're like, how? um, Like, obviously you're 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 right. (laughs) (laughs) You're not you're not like crazy or weird, and you're not you know you're quite healthy. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go. But then I think that's where the ethical side of things comes in, because it's like once you've made that decision that you're not going to eat animal products because you don't really agree with it. Yeah. And you've got a choice to not do that. If you've got the choice, you know, if if you have to eat it for whatever reason, you're in a certain scenario, then you do. But I think that gap between mostly vegan and vegan, for most people, like mainstream people, that don't want to spend ages looking into it and they don't want to watch, like, something um, that um, that is going to, like, upset them, because a lot of people obviously like comfort, yeah. they're not going to want to watch that kind of thing. True. Um, but once you watch that kind of thing, it does make it difficult to, to continue to eat that stuff. But yeah. for most people, like I say, they won't want to watch it, or no, they won't true. want to learn more about it. So they'll probably just, like, have the odd bit of meat here and there, or the odd dairy product there and there, but just. Try and eat more fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and
0: things like that. So I put that in there. So it's like five stages. That's amazing because a lot of them would just say, "Just cut it all out." Yeah. Where you've gone? No, you don't need to cut it all out. You can do it gradually. I, and I think that so. Where it's sustainable. Yeah, and I know that just from coming from the fitness
1: background yeah. with, with clients. You know, like I've never I've never seen anyone just go bang and sustain it. You know, when I've got with people who um, when I've like trained certain people like particularly maybe weight loss clients, they might start off, and they just come out like about out of hell, and they'll do like an amazing two or three weeks, lose a stone, and I'm like, I think you need to slow down a bit, you you know, like, and most people would be like, keep going, keep going, keep going, but I just know that it flip-flops. It'll go right back the other way. So if you feel like you're fighting against something, Mm. you know, unless you're a certain type of person, which is the minority, then um, then you're just gonna rebound. You're gonna go back the other
0: way. Let me take you back now. Okay, so people are gonna say, Nathan, that's great. You know, you know Glenn John Jones has written this book and it's a great book and it looks great and it was recommended in Waterstones. And I, I saw it all over and I thought, amazing. Yeah. What was the first step you had to take in order to get the, you know, to write the book? Yeah, so <laughs> lots of, um,
1: well, first of all, I made a, I made a deal with myself that um, I was gonna grow my hair until <laughs> It was done. Wow! So that was the first thing I did. Um, But I think I took on something that, um, like my idea was, I took it on, which was like bigger than myself. Yeah. You know, it was like right. I genuinely feel like I can help people here, and I like I said, I'm rubbish with academia, Mm -hmm. writing, reading, you know, crap. But listening, chatting, different and practical things. So I thought I can actually help a lot of people. So I had like a course. You know, I had a mission. Well, right, if people want to eat plant-based, then I can just reverse engineer that for them and just show them like a bit more of a gradual path yeah. so that they don't feel like the pressure to to just do things like that or just be the be all.
0: No, fair enough. Did uh, you have someone
1: write the book for you? No, so I did it all myself, except for the uh, back end of it, where I got an editor on board. Uh, She's really lovely, a lady called Amisha, Mm -hmm. and um, she was vegetarian. Like, not that that mattered, but it was just so happened to be that way. so yeah, so the, the idea came from that, and I went on a book writing course. Wow. Um, but about six years ago, maybe, when I first got back from Oz, mm-hmm. and I went on a book writing course, and it was like a three-day course, and it was an upsell. It was yeah. a free course <laughs> up at like um, <laughs> Heathrow, yeah. and he was trying to sell their publishing mm. um, course at the end of it, which is completely fine, because uh, the content was brilliant. Yeah. Like, learned so much about it, but the main thing I got from it was, know your, he called it T-pop, it's so American geezer. So it's like, T-pop, okay. <laughs> you know your t-pop. So t So target population, okay. um, target market. Mm-hmm. And um, this was the most important thing for someone like me who isn't academic or concise when it comes to like, writing, yeah. was get it down first and get it right later. Mm-hmm. So that really stuck with me because when I'd go to write, it was just rubbish I'd, look, I'd i'd write a load of stuff on a page just what was ever in my mind at the time yeah and i'd go back and my number one of writing's terrible anyway so the handwriting could barely read it and then i'd look at it i'd be like this is ridiculous <laughs> yeah. so um i went off and i started to um to just practice and just just kept going and going and going and then as things would happen i ended up having about three different um three different say um books before it got to this one Oh, really yeah and I'd never went to uni or anything like that, so I've got no idea about dissertation or words or what's a lot of words. Yeah. But I wrote about 100,000 words for one of them. Is that a lot? I, I think so, because I think a dissertation is like 10,000 words. Oh my God. And I hear these uni people saying stuff like yeah. how it's, um, how it's like, like, oh, I've got to write this 10,000 dissertation, which is obviously a different thing, but I was of like, course. shit, I must be doing too much. <laughs> this is crazy, I must just be a load of waffle. Um, and then eventually ended up with this idea and it it was like 250,000 words. My it was God. about f- 1,200 pages. Okay. <gasps> so I ended up with about 1,200 pages. And then I just thought, like, how am I going to get this down to like a 250-page book yeah. so it looks kind of like that? Because yeah. I just wanted it. I went in like bookshops and I looked. I was like, I want it like that. That's a, <laughs> that's a good size. <laughs> like Anything that. more than that is just too much. And, um, and then... Uh, I took it to this um like editor yeah and I said yeah this guy said to me get it down first get it right later yeah. <laughs> she was like she was like no nah, mate so she was like I'm sorry but it's going to cost you a fortune cuz they edit it per word
0: oh my god well
1: wow. and I was like well it's not going to be like this amazing scripture where it's going to be like held around for millennia or something yeah. like that you know you never you never know but um, so she was like, no, just get it down, and I got it down to like four hundred pages. Okay. And then I took it back to her, and she she um, read it for me, and she said, no, it's really good. You've got a lot of stuff in there, but you've you've got to, like you've just got to sort out. There's, there's a lot of waffle. Yeah. And um, you know you could probably tell that I waffle a lot anyway. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, then I managed to get it down to like three hundred. Okay. And she helped me just cut it down to like another 250. Wow. And then just pointed out like a few things because I didn't want the book to come across as cynical. No. You know, like there's there's a lot of like uh, eggshells if you, if you, with this stuff, because I wanted it to be for like people, I guess that are interested in reducing their meat intake. Yeah. I didn't want it to be like, just, you open the book and it's just like, boom, knowledge. Or just like... It's
0: too much. It's all scientific stuff all the time. Yeah, it is,
1: mate. And to be honest with you, like, I think it's fantastic, like, that it's there. You know, like everything, the fours and the kents, it's just amazing. It's there if you want to go and look into it. Yeah. Um. But for most people, it's just going to go... Yeah. And there's a lot of books that says about how to go vegan and stuff like that. And I read them, like, and I looked through them and I was like, oh, this is cool. But they're kind of like... um. Either like an infographic mm-hmm. or a just like a really quick kind of question FAQ kind of thing. Yeah. So I was like, how am I going to guide people through this process that's actually readable? That's how I ended up with 1200 pages of just pure waffle. Because wow. it's like, how am I going to be able to have a story? Yeah. That you can read a story, relate to True. the person, and then, but also learn like what I did with uh, one of my friends. So it's actually like my uh, design, the designers, like graphic designers, so I got a really cool guy ran his um his uh wife she's she said to me like the stuff you want in that book has to be able to um be in a pub quiz because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the kind of stuff that you'd learn and yeah. tell your friends about
0: yeah, like down the pub.
1: so it's just got to be short and sharp and they can find that in the book yeah, yeah. so it's, it's like it's like pub quiz kind of stuff not but it's not <laughs> the whole way through no of course so you might actually read like like so the, the way it works is like a story yeah. is like um one part of it then you've got a misconception so the misconception might be like, all vegans are ill. They're ill all the time or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I've tried to make it quite funny and jovial and all the rest of it. So you read one story yeah. and then there'll be a misconception that ties into that and it just, it goes through that the whole way through each stage. Yeah. So there's enough to learn from it without being righteous or cynical or, um, or being over the top with I the like facts. That. So it's like pub quiz. So where can people buy the book? So it's on Amazon. You can get it in Waterstones. Yeah, um, that's it, Waterstones, yep. Yeah, so it's only in the bigger Waterstones at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been into a couple like, um, and they say that they're in, I think it's like uh, like more central, like Kensington, Traug Square, Piccadilly, stuff like that. Uh, foils, I think doing it as well, like mm-hmm. the big foils. Um, WH Smiths, Blackwells, there's loads, um, it's all on my website. Yeah. And then weirdly, my distributor's been able to get it in all of these places overseas as well. <laughs> so it's in like South Africa, <laughs> Poland. Amazing. Um, I don't think it's been translated though, but it's in like South Africa, Poland, uh, New Zealand. Well, um... they speak English. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs>
0: I think they do anyway. Yeah. Well, it's
1: got more of a twang in it. They just added like, the odd little bit of slang in it. <laughs> but yeah, it's on
0: the website. No, amazing. All right, Well, I've got some questions. Yeah. Um, so there's one I'm going to skip because you've already mentioned that and it said, how did you get about writing the book? So we know about that's about taking the steps and making sure you start off right. Yeah. Which I really liked. Um, have you always been a vegan? No, no, so I'm thirty one yeah. and I first started it when I was like twenty six. And okay. like I say
1: it took me six months and then to, to transition slow. Exactly how you read it in the book. Yeah. And then um and then so yeah, it's been like four years now. So four do years.
0: I, do you feel better for it? I mean genuinely feel better genuinely, for it. Genuinely, yes. Yeah. But because I'm like so
1: into the training and like goal specific training, it's it ties into what I'm doing, mm-hmm. so it really, really helps me with endurance sports. Okay. Really helps me, and it genuinely feel like maybe because I'm fitter and I've lost weight as yeah. well. Like I'm not 15 stone before and tighter. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of like you know like um, 13 stone now, and it, but obviously over a space of four years, I have got to this and very fit. So my energy between the morning and the night is so
0: much better than before. Wow, so much better. Okay, good shout, um, Selina, who actually is up there. Selena Bond. This one. Yep. Yeah. She has asked, uh, "Why eat animals when we don't have to? Uh, Why do you think some people still don't get it?" Because they haven't seen it. Yeah. Like you can't,
1: you can't be, um, you can't berate these people for the fact that they haven't gone and looked into it for themselves. Sure. Because everyone's got stuff going on in their lives, and you know you need to be able to just like help people when they want it. But of course. There is a massive resistance against the vegan movement and plant-based diets overall, yeah. and that's what makes it so confusing. So it's a bit of everything, but I think that's what it comes down to. Like with the book, I said, you know, I wouldn't want to work with a client unless they wanted to work with me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm don't, I don't want to convince anyone to do anything. Like this book is here if you want to like go plant-based. If you want to do it, yeah. being the key word. If you want to reduce your meat intake, maybe go further, get to like a certain stage and stop. That's cool, but. Um, most people just haven't looked into it, and they haven't got that motivation to look no, into it, um, unless actually. it just pops up one yep. day. They just boom. I watched a documentary called Earthlings.
0: Yeah, Earthlings. Yeah.
1: And well, don't, don't <laughs> word avoid. I wrote it in the um, in the book, but mm-hmm. that's what just reinforced everything to me. Wow. I was like, without overcomplicating the science, without yeah. overcomplicating the health, you know, and the fact that I live in London. You know, like I say, it's different if you're on an island, you're stranded on an island and you're never going to get and you're cast away yeah. you well, sir, you know,
0: it's probably like that. Yeah.
1: Um, it's different, but um, it, it, if you're in that situation, it, it, it's obviously different. But if you, if you watch this stuff, yeah. like, as a human, it's like, and you're emotional, we're precious little flowers, aren't we? We yeah, are we precious are. little flowers. We see something, oh, I don't like yeah. that. <laughs> or if something doesn't go your way. And this just really got me. And from what I can see when I've done a bit of research, it's got a lot of people. There's a lot of gore in it, it's blood and guts, Yeah. but it's kind of exposing that industry. And, and um, yeah, it's really raw. This is like pre-Netflix oh, wow. kind of days. Oh, we're gonna talk so about that. So it's really it? raw, but yeah, mate. Um, but yeah, Earthlings like just did it for me. So if you, if you see it, it's just really hard to keep eating
0: meat, Fair. really hard. Um, she also asked, why yeah. do you think some people or the rest of the world have not gone vegan yet? Is that just because they haven't been educated or haven't seen enough to sort of make a decision? um so i think i think that a lot so
1: western um culture yeah is of course like very very meat heavy so like us uk australia but i think i think oz might have the highest meat consumption i don't know don't Mm -hmm. quote me on that but i think i read something like that a lot of barbecues like (laughs) obviously i lived over there so it might be true but um then you look at other but they're like obviously very rich places Mm -hmm. so when you look at like around the world, there's a lot of places that don't actually eat that much meat. They can't afford to eat much meat. Mm. It's, just not, it's not as practical. Um, but now, other countries, developing countries, are getting richer. So they're eating more meat, yeah. you know? So it's kind of like they're, they're doing what we've kind of done, which is like, well, you, if you're successful, this is what you do, yeah. you know? And that's just the culture. Mm. So I, I don't know how it's going to go like elsewhere, but I think, What's very interesting in, in um, like, say, the UK and America and stuff like that, as, country, as these countries are getting richer, we're doing the opposite. We're actually going more plant-based. Yes. We're eating less meat as we're getting richer. It's, mm. really, it's really strange. Yeah, it's strange. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. I can't speak, but, like, Southeast Asia and things like that, they, they eat a lot of, so, a lot of um, plant-based food. No,
0: fair enough. Uh, so Ben's asked, how do you live without a steak?
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all of these things you think you can't... Do yeah. until you've done them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of things like that. But um, steak don't really miss. No. Uh, when I first started doing it, there was no like mock meats. Mm. Now that is the biggest boom. Oh my god! Yeah, so it's like crazy. that is just going off like it's huge. So you can get stuff like that, but if you look on the back of some of that stuff, yeah, it's, it's it can be quite processed. Mm. But it's a treat, you yeah, know. Okay. If you like that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, you could get a burger that was like a bean burger or with. Beetroot, or they put chickpeas in there, or something, but it still looks like a burger, still tastes
0: amazing. Or you can get like a mock meat. Would you say that that was a treat then for you, if you were going to have something like that, not as a wouldn't live on it every day? Personally, I eat. Yeah, like I would say it is like a treat,
1: definitely. I mean, like nowadays, it's so much easier. Like in the space of four years, five years since I started doing, looking into it, and going now. Um, I was a, I ate a lot healthier about four or five years ago wow. because didn't want to. I was like trying to be too perfect anyway. Um, but now it's just the fact that there's just so much
0: more convenience. You yeah, know, of most of us eat for
1: convenience. Yeah, that's so a good. Challenge.
0: Um, what's the best piece of advice you have received, apart from listening to all my podcasts? Um, in anything or vegan? <laughs> no, I, I think it could be anything. Well, so if it was something that resonates with you, you think oh, that's yeah. a great piece of advice. I've
1: heard a lot of things and I think the biggest thing that's helped me is to just not expect big things and without big challenges. Okay. So you're not going to have big things happen. You're not going to be able to see something through. Unless you... And it's going to be a challenge. I like that. That's so
0: true. Unless someone just goes, boop, there you go. go. Which doesn't happen. uh, Well, (laughs) yeah. Well, This is is so true because people keep saying, oh, you know... I say, what do you want to achieve? What do you want? I want this and this and this. Well, what do you think is just going to happen? Yeah. Do you think it's just going to come and sit on your lap and say, take me"? it's just not going to work like that. Yeah. Like you do have to go through massive challenges in order to achieve big things. Yeah. Um, I mean, give me an idea of how many hours you would normally work a day. Um, so I'd get up really early yeah. and I'd finish really late. Yeah.
1: And then it's just whatever I can do in that time. So, it's, so kind of crazy. it's kind of like, on an average day, it'd be say like 15 hours. Yeah. But that's everything. That's including training. That's including, um, you know, like book stuff now. Mm -hmm. That's including studio stuff. That's including, um, like, uh, personal training. Yeah. It's it's everything, that's everything, you know. It's a long um, day, though. It is a long day, it is a long day. gives you a couple of hours.
0: Obviously, not every day is like that. No, for You know, some days you'd be a little bit more unproductive than others and and things like that. And on on an unproductive day, do you sort of feel guilty about it or just think, no, I need that sort of balance yeah. yeah it's balance it's important for the next day you know it's it's the same
1: with training you know if you you can't be in the red zone every single time you train yeah cuz the next like if you leave the gym crawling and you call out <laughs> the gym you are not going to be looking forward to the next time no you're not but if you leave with just that little bit more where you go Oh, I could have done a little bit more. Then the next time you come in, yeah. you're going to have a lot more enthusiasm. Oh
0: a good. Sh- that's not a bad shout. You're, you're going
1: to be going. You're going to be boffing back in the gym, and you're going to be really up for it. Yeah, right? okay. Because you know that, that you just didn't give that last little bit. Yeah. And if you can be disciplined to just, you know, just push every now and then. Yeah. Um, as opposed
0: to all the time, I think you get better results. I like that. It's like okay. balance. Um, if your house was on fire, what two things would you run back in and get?
1: Oh, no one's ever asked that. Mate, I'd just leg it. You wouldn't grab anything? <laughs> I don't know. No dog, cat? I haven't gotten the um, pets. Mobile phone? Uh, oh yeah, phone, okay. Oh, yeah. That's okay. kind of always just stuck to me anyway, so I didn't know if that counted. No, probably like phone and laptop, I guess. Phone and laptop, Yeah, All just right. phone and laptop. All but, right. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's weird, I've never thought of that.
0: Um, who would you play in the movie of your life? Or, who would, sorry, who would play you in the movie of your life? <laughs> Oh, man. Tom Cruise is too small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Sorry, Tom. These
1: are good questions. Did people ask these or did you come up with these? I came up with this one. Ah, I'm going to say... Oh, it's really tough. It's really tough. Do I? Is it at the end of my life? <laughs> or is <laughs> it? Like
0: now. At now. Who, who would play you? Oh, man. That is a really good question. Do we come back to it? Yeah, let's come back to it. All right. If you could eat any meat, what would it be? Now, yeah, if you had to, not had, yeah, if you had to <sighs> Oh I don't really think I'd like. If I really had to, it would be because I had to. Yes, and I wouldn't. Not because a, you want to, or you no. like it. Nothing to do with that. because yeah. that's, that's not fair.: Yes, yeah, so but if you had to, yeah, like someone said, like,, got, you're going to die., yeah. the world's going to end. You save someone's life and you had to eat some meat. What would, what would it be? <laughs> what was your meat before? What was your favourite meat? Well, I say in the book, it was chicken fajitas. So it was chicken fajitas.
1: (laughs) It was my mum's chicken fajitas. Yeah. Um, But I did do that. You know, like I I did try them, Mm. even though I'd stopped eating. Ah, nice. You know, there's a little story in the book about it, but I just didn't. I just absolutely hated it. Oh, absolutely fair enough. hated it. But so. you would have gone back to a chicken for you. So, yeah, yeah worse. That's
0: So alright, <laughs> yeah. so, right, fair enough. Absolutely so, hated it. Alright, so we'll go to quick fire later on. But yeah. what are you, what was your th- you watched the game changers? Yes. I take it. What was your what's your thoughts on that? Is it very one sided? Because I'm gonna challenge yeah. you a little bit, like is it yeah. one sided or is it do you think that's spot on? I think it's like documentary
1: goes to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know yeah, okay. you've never seen a documentary yeah. like that. You know, that is it was uh, done by like James Cameron, he's made like, a lot of epic films and things yeah. like that. That's why it's different, because it's not just a documentary. No, it's not. It's, it's, a, it's like a film, you know, yeah, it it's, it's done like a film. And I agree, like what you're saying is like, it would come across as one-sided, but mm. it's a documentary, you know, it's not a randomised trial. And if you wanted to go and do this with every kind of film or every, every study that comes out, yeah. you could. You know, so I think if people watched that film and they liked it, then that's great. Some people are definitely going to be coerced to try a plant-based diet because of it. And by coerced, I think maybe inspired. Maybe they've already got that lingering thing. If someone's Mm. already got like a barrier there and they're like, "Nope, vegans are dickheads, they're annoying pricks, (laughs) then um, I'm not going to do that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Then that's fine. Like That's absolutely fine. But some people have probably already got that little seed kind of like planted, like, oh, I'd like to try that one day. Mm. They've seen that
0: and then they've Gone for it. Do you know what I think it is? I'm, I think, watching it for myself, and I'm a massive eat, meat eater, my wife will yeah. tell you. I watched that and I thought, do you know what? We, I could definitely cut back. There's no harm in cutting back and reducing yeah. the amount of meat that we eat and the amount of dairy we eat, because I know that it's not good for you. Yeah. And I know what, I say, moderation for me, mm. like in my moderation, I eat too much. But if I cut down and had my own moderation, yeah. I think that'd be a, a good start. Yeah. And I think what your, I think why your book is so good is that it says, look, don't just jump and do it. Yeah. Take one step at a time. If you know that it's right, you get to feel the changes, that little tiny change, and you think, I'm doing the right thing, yeah. that's where it's so powerful. And that's why your book is so good, because it says, yeah. don't jump, just one bit yeah. at a time, step by step by step, yeah. and eventually you'll yeah. see. Yeah. And I mean, some people
1: don't see meat as unhealthy. Yeah. Some people see it's healthy. Mm. You know, Like a lot of these um, things, I've worked, I love the for and against, yeah. You because know, of the fitness industry. <laughs> I 'll say one thing 's good, and someone say it's crap, yeah, and that 's how it works, you know? yeah. but it 's a people thing at mm. the end of the day it 's how does someone feel, and like I said, if someone wants to do it, then just let them try it, yeah. you know as long as they 're not hurting themselves or other people then let 's give it a go. Um, I love that you're not preaching, like, you must do this. You yeah, must. but, you know, like I do think that the people that do that got respect for them. Sure. Because obviously they're making the noise, they're moving the needle. Yeah. And if, if people do, like I say, have that seed planted and they've just not found, stumbled across certain research that resonates with them, yeah. then, you know, it might help them to, to do it and they, they'll feel happier about it. But, but, yeah, I mean, like, for every four, like, in the fitness industry, nutrition is the biggest minefield of them all. That's why I ended up with 1,200 yeah. pages <laughs> before I just cut it back. But, um, it's like for every kind of like study, you could like someone could come up with a meat study. Yeah. Meat's amazing for you. Meat is the best thing in the world. Yeah. Eat this it's going to give you. It's going to give you everything you want. But then if you want, you can do what these people are doing to the game changers now, and then they'll find something that debunks it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. they yeah. find and it's it always just, a way. It just
1: goes around in circles. I'll it never does. get foam rolling. <laughs> when I, I stopped reading like these, I signed up to all these newsletters when I first came to personal training. I was like newsletters. I signed up to all these cool gurus. Things and I swear in the same week, I think there was about three or four of them. One of them said foam rolling's good. Someone said it's a waste of time. <laughs> then this guy said this. And like, <laughs> What's your thoughts? Um, foam rolling, yeah. Uh, just if you really feel like you need to have a little massage this, in the front of your legs, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the back of your legs you could probably do better. Yeah, someone get someone else to have a massage. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. yeah. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah. All right,
0: some quick fire questions. There's not many. Uh, morning or night. Uh, morning. Quick fire. Yeah? Hot. Or... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, this is slow fire. Sorry. Mate. <laughs> uh, hot or cold? Uh, hot. Pizza or burger? Pizza. London or New York? London. Liverpool or Man City? Bloody hell. Uh, go Liverpool. Oof, you can stay. <laughs> Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Kylie or Madonna? Kylie. Oof. Yeah. Who's going to win the Premier League? liveable this guy can stay <laughs> this guy can stay all right give me three words of advice three things that you live by on a daily basis i mean two of mine are up there anyway but what what three words of advice could you say look this is what i live by on a daily basis that could be sort of inspirational. i think law of attraction mm. you know you- that's that guy up there georgie Hines. Law of attraction. He believes in literally yeah, like the vibrations of the world. Yeah. And if you if you believe it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Alright. So um you know, you get back what you put in, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like if you
1: like you and I, when we saw each other today, like two little school kids, yeah. oh, mate, how's it going? and then it was, you know, it was good from there, you know. So of course. obviously everyone's different. Um and then I think balance mm. is is very important as well, knowing when to push, knowing when to pull back, yeah. you know. Um and persistence. Yeah, I hear that one a lot but recently, But yeah. again, that kind of ties into um, knowing when to push, knowing when to pull back. You know, sometimes you can be persisting with one thing over and over and over and over again and not getting anywhere. Yeah. And then you might just step back from that for a little bit, do something else, come back to that, and then
0: it works. Isn't that strange? Because you know, like um, you know, like them uh, things. That, I don't know, like them games that you keep playing and playing and playing and playing. And you get them wrong, get them wrong, get them wrong. Yeah. And you're like I'll, I'll come back to it. You hit it first time. Yeah. It's weird, that isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, but, That's a good shout. That. But I think it's because of the play. Yeah.
1: You know, like you you switch your mind off from something, and then it's like a nice distraction. You go and play. You be creative. Yeah. You go back to being rigid again. Yeah. And I think you're just a little bit more calm and
0: collected. I love that. So law of attraction. Yeah. If there it, if it, if it was a word for that. I don't know what it would be. I don't know, what I mean. Yeah. Belief maybe? Mm. believe, Um persistence yeah. and balance. Balance yeah. is nice. I really like that. Yeah. So what's next then? So let's sum it up really quickly. What's next for you? What's what's the next step? Yeah. So it's really funny. Um
1: so like I can say me and my um, my friend Jason we run a studio yeah. in in Sutton. Mm-hmm. So the plan is to just really focus on that now nice. and build that. It's really cool. It's like a really cool PT studio. What's it called? Uh, studio Two Three Four. Nice. So the plan is to just grow that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to get over my fear of being in front of the camera. Yeah. So this is really weird. So it wasn't until like two days ago you done a shout out on Instagram and then I've done the same thing back. That's the first time I've ever done that. Wow. So I've always it's been scared to do, do that. And uh, me and Jason are gonna probably be pushing things like that. Nice. Um, with the studio, and uh, I've got like Iron Man. Uh, endurance event. Oh wow. Coming up, and um, certain times that I want to beat with uh, personal best, and then I've got a couple of other ideas. Like regarding one's a book mm-hmm. and one's a company. So the book's probably going to be more like related to fitness. Yeah, maybe done um, similar to this, mm-hmm. but it takes a while to do. And um, and then the other thing is like a like a company. Um, i don't know
0: if i want to say anything yet because no, i haven't even started number two episode yeah. number two yeah glen john jones great to absolute meet you. pleasure absolute, you, absolute pleasure guys if you like the content give it a thumbs up make a comment below all of glen's details will be in the description so if you listen to the podcast just make sure you read the description because all of his websites links to the book on amazon and your websites are there thank you so much for watching thanks, thanks very much yeah thanks guys take care cheers Bye. bye bye <laughs>